Hey everybody and welcome to the Christmas special episode of Gimme Back My Horror Movies. I'm driving the sleigh tonight. This is Charlie and my elf with the the most, Nate. Say hello, Nate. Keep the fire hot, Charlie. Gotta keep that fire hot. It was a very awkward way I started that. I, that just came in my mind that I wanted. I should have made a Christmas intro. Now, I'm very tiny and, and elf-like, so that makes sense. You are elf-like, so yeah. we're we're gonna roll with it. I have a bushy beard and yeah, a bowl full of jelly. Um, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's totally fine. I I am uh, I am uh, enjoying some Christmassy eggnog tonight. That is extra Christmassy. So, I would be drinking, but I am going to be driving to go get cookies later. So that will be my Christmassy event is giant-ass cookies. Santa wants cookies, Nate. Where's my cookies, Nate? I got to find a way to, you know, mail them to you fresh. Uh, I'll be up for Christmas, so. Yeah, maybe, that's true. I can, I can get some leftover cookies. Speaking of, you were up for Thanksgiving, and it was lovely to see you. It was. It was really good. It's been years since me and you actually hung out face-to-face yeah we got the boys together we all went to literally go get a slice of pizza we went to a place called late night slice um it was good pizza oh yeah right here in downtown columbus uh great pizza it's even better if you're uh, hammered and it's cheap it's great uh it was fantastic to have myself you dan mark and cody all together that's been years since we've had that happen it has man and it, it was a good time so hopefully when i come up for christmas we can get another small get together we can include pete in on it so that's that's uh, what i'm wanting kind of kind of the goal for that so yeah one holiday down and we are light speeding to the second one because we don't celebrate hanukkah otherwise we would be in hanukkah right now but yeah christmas christmas is on its way and that makes this the official Give me back my horror movie Christmas episode. The very first one. The first it is the first one. And man, I'm closing in on a almost a year of doing podcasting. It's just yeah. It's kind of surreal. You got a you big know? celebration to come up here in two months. Yeah, January the end of January, I think, is the official like anniversary date. So we're we're doing great, man. I'm loving it and I'm looking forward to doing this movie tonight. So as everyone can see, we we put the title of the movie up there. We are doing Krampus with an asterisk, the naughty cut. The naughty cut. Um, and we literally just got our copies a couple days ago. <laughs> yeah, Nate got his earlier than me, so I start going into like I I hope I get it because we we have a recording schedule and we're like five days behind our recording schedule, so we are way off the rails right now yeah there was a moment of i hope we don't have to pick another movie we yeah we really didn't because this was like it landed almost perfectly um so this screen factory did a re-release i mean it's kind of kind of wild this movie is only like from 2015 you know it's not an old movie and if i i didn't buy it on blu-ray but i think it was available on blu-ray on the original release Oh, it uh, definitely was, and yeah. I initially skipped out on this movie. I didn't watch it until three years ago, um, and that was mainly because of it being a PG-13 horror movie. That sounds so, like, hipster of me, but I remember when the trailer dropped, I was excited at first, and then once I saw the trailer, I went, eh, 
nope, that's not really doing it. And then three years ago out here in Columbus, there's a place called the Magical Druid that does a uh, Krampus walk where you literally walk down multiple blocks in Clintonville. Everyone's dressed up in Krampus outfits and And beating on drums and bells. You scare all the rich white people, right? Scare all the rich white people in Clintonville. It's in Clintonville. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a good time. And when Hannah and I completed it, we were both like, we haven't seen that Krampus movie. I'm in a, a really big Krampus mood. Let's give it a shot. And like, I think it was the following weekend we sat down, we rented it and I was blown away. I was like, I'm stupid for skipping out on this movie. Like this is so much better than what the trailer could have, uh, psyched me out for. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't watch this when it originally came out, uh, in theaters or anything. I want to say it was like, uh, 2018, maybe 2017 before we actually watched it, watched it. Yeah. It was same as you for us. Yeah, same as you. Um, we, me and Jackie watched it, and I was, I am adamantly against PG thirteen horror movies. I, everyone, you got, you guys can scream at me all you want right now. There's scary movies that are PG thirteen. Look, man, if it ain't got gore, it's a bore. That's that's my motto in life. It needs gore, and this one, man, this one kind of did it for me. It's yeah. not bloody gore, but there's gore. There's and there's gore. like some truly frightening animatronics in this. Um, we're gonna talk about one later that I still am like, f no, uh-uh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, this movie was a wonderful surprise. It really was. I mean, I, I think we're gonna have to coin the phrase "ooey gooey." We seem to use it almost every. Yeah, there is uh, some ooey-gooeyness to this There one. is ooey-gooeyness in this movie, and I uh, really appreciate it. Unfortunately, not a lot of blood, so Uncle Benny, <laughs> we won't be needing you. We'll be sitting the bench. Yeah, we might get you at the tail end or something. But, um, well, let's do this real quick. Let's let everybody get set into the mood. Let's play the trailer, and then we can kind of dig into a little bit more Christmassy type cheer with this movie and just kind of enjoy enjoy Krampus so here we go it's the most wonderful time of the year with the kids jingle bells Merry Christmas looks like Martha Stewart threw up in here this is delicious honey a little dry well mine's delicious mine's dry do you want to trade? It's, the it's Christmas. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. With those holiday greetings and How are we going to survive Christmas with 12 people stuck in a house with no heat and no electricity? Or food. There's plenty of leftovers, Howard. Beer it is. It's the weirdest thing. There's no cars, no people. How long can this keep up? We heard something on the roof. What the hell is this? St. Nicholas is not coming this year. Instead, a much darker 
ancient spirit. Those are hooves. Elk or goat? What kind of goat walks on its hind legs? His name is Krampus. He and his helpers did not come to give, but to take. Looking back at that trailer, I don't know why I didn't watch this movie. Uh, clearly, we're just dumb. That's why. I guess, I, I guess it, it, honestly, it was the PG thirteen thing. I, was, I think it was too. And I was also, how do you even make Krampus a movie? That was my other initial thought. Yeah, no, you know, because uh, based on you know what the folklore is, this is a demented retelling of that. I mean. They've literally like made him the shadow of Santa Claus, and I yeah, and that was Michael Dotry, the director. That was his intention. And if you don't know that name, you're gonna know the other movie that he did, Trick or Treat, which sadly enough, I also didn't see until probably like five years ago because I kind of forgot it came out. That was one of those movies that was, I think, it got hyped when 300s DVD came out. And I was really excited mm-hmm. for it. And then it kind of went radio silent. And I genuinely just forgot it exists until a few years back. I was like, oh, yeah, I got to check that out. And it ended up being really great, too. So I need to stop sleeping on this director because clearly his work is great so far in the horror realm. Well, doing a horror podcast, we have to stop sleeping on almost everything now. You know? Yes. So there's a, there's a <laughs> lot of stuff we got to get caught up on. But no, I at. Uh, Trick or Treat is probably one of our favorite Halloween movies. Jackie loves little Sam that runs around all over the place. Well, it's a fantastic uh, seasonal movie. It really is. And so is this one. Holy yeah. crap, man. I So this is this this episode's going to be a little odd for. So I'm going to let Nate get into the numbers real quick and do his three sentence synopsis. And then I want to talk a little bit about the naughty cut and uh, I'll I'll save it for a few minutes. So Nate, why don't you go ahead and hit us with your three sentence synopsis and then give us a budget. This Christmas hell comes to town and not a soul is safe. Krampus is coming to crash the party. Yeah. Pretty much an Elzer right there. And this is a little low-budget film. It was filmed on $15 million, and it actually grossed worldwide $61 million. So it was a nice little hit for Lionsgate. It was. It, yeah. I think, I think it really was. And, I mean, man, they've spent the money smart. 
Yeah, um, they used uh, the special effects company is a company called Weta Workshops, and the gentleman that is in charge of that is a guy named Richard Taylor, and these guys are some pretty heavy hitters. Like, they help with Lord of the Rings. Yeah, some of the best special effects still to this day when you rewatch those movies. These guys are based out of. I'm going to say down there because I'm not 100% sure if they're actually in Australia or in New Zealand. And they are in New Zealand. New Zealand, like, okay. I didn't want where to they make were anyone doing mad. The, like, the puppeteering and where they were filming, like everything was, I think, within a mile radius, basically. Yeah. So everything was super close and easy for them to work with. And Luke Hawker is the gentleman that plays Krampus in this movie. And, oh. dude, he's like my height. He's probably like 5'8". And yeah. he plays this seven and a half foot towering Krampus with such ease. And um, it's pretty incredible of how they made it, this costume work, because he literally had like a tiny little um, iPhone screen yeah. inside of the mask with a little tiny hole above the nostril that he could just use to see. And then he had to use instincts and that tiny camera to kind of go off of the actors around him. The good thing, though, is the way they did Krampus is this in in this movie was he doesn't need to move a whole lot. No, by like, himself. And what's smart, um, too, is they bring out all of his friends to kind of do the dirty work for him. Yes. So he's kind of like the shark from Jaws where he doesn't show up too much. But when he does, it's very impactful. Yeah. And they use CG very smartly in this you know like when he's jumping from rooftop to rooftop yeah it's not like clunky looking like the cg we had in the early 2000s but it's also very shadowed it didn't have to be super high def see every little thing on him a blizzard that's also helping cover any bad special effects too happening at the same time so it all blends really well it does It, it really does so and I know I said, so we're, we're going to go ahead. We have to talk about the elephant in the room with this episode. We are specifically covering the naughty cut. So if you want to see the naughty cut without any spoilers whatsoever, stop it right now. Go watch it. I will give you a few seconds to stop it. Okay, you had your chance. Um, I'm glad you not, watched it. Yeah, Or maybe you didn't. Glad you watched it or you came back or you're like, screw it. You guys just tell me all the gooey, gooey goodness that the naughty cut I expected in. There is none. All seven ounces. It Less than seven ounces. Uh, uh, they, uh, one quick shot. They um, they added some bad words. It they, says the F word three times. Yeah. <laughs> I they, counted. They say the F word three times. They make the aunt more racist. Um, racist slash uh raunchy yeah uh and i hated that i actually hated that part because i love conchetta uh she is she's the the name the the maid from you know uh two uh two and a half men men. is that what it was yep and she was also a noisy neighbor nosy neighbor in edward scissorhands um and unfortunately she's no no longer with us but uh in the original cut, she's my favorite character. In this one, I felt bad what they 
what they turned it into. I was like, you know what? They could have left left that on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Um, no extra gore. None. There's like nope. one blood splatter after the teddy bear gets shot. That's it. It's and barely, that's really it. Um, there was a moment. Blood. So I put this in the office. I put the 4K in. That way I could have like the Dolby Atmos picture, the Dolby Atmos soundbar going. I was like, I'm going all out on this. Yeah. And about halfway through, I paused it. I was like, maybe I put in the Blu-ray and maybe the Blu-ray has the normal like PG-13 cut. And then, like I looked at it and I was like, nope, I, I definitely put in the 4K one. And I was like looking at the back of the case. I was like, okay, that's weird. I was like, I'm not wanting to look up anything just yet. I was, I was the same way. I wanted to, you know, experience the movie first. And then when it was over and like I started doing my research, I was like, oh, they pretty much just add a couple seconds here or there to any scene. Um, there was really nothing new, nothing. new per se. They, not, not a heavy amount of gore or anything like that. And not that the PG-13 movie version even needed it. It's just like they kind of hyped up this naughty cut as being like the true vision of Michael Daughtry. And they even yeah. they allowed him extra time. This movie was supposed to come out back in November. But he was like, no, I want to make sure I get everything correct for this uh, 4K transfer and to have my vision on there. And I'm like, all right, well your vision was already on the main course. Like there's nothing Uh, different here. This is one of those examples of you nailed it the first time. Um, so what they led it up to believe was that they put things back in to make sure that they could get the PG 13. That was the studio's stipulation on this movie to make it was it has to be PG 13. We will not back it if it's R. You know, it's not going to happen. So I'm thinking, man, I bet they had to cut some stuff to really get it down to an R rating. They cut like three F-bombs and they shortened up the scene where the little kid gets to drink some peppermint schnapps. Yeah. It's like all that really wasn't even needed. So really, this cut is truly for people like Charlie and myself who didn't own a Blu-ray copy already. And we're like, oh. We both really like this movie. We might as well splurge the money on it and, you know, pick up the naughty cut. That's that's my takeaway. And that's that's going to be the other thing I'm going to say. If you haven't bought the movie, buy this version. It's beautifully done. If you have 4K, it's the way to get 4K. There are literally a ton of special features. I haven't even started watching them yet. Nate's only watched a handful. Yeah, Scream um, Factory does what they do best when it comes to these kind of releases, which is new content. So yeah. there's a lot from the original Blu-ray, but there's a ton of new interviews and just new insight onto the and, movie. And you know, the slipcover artwork is fantastic. Same, you oh, know, what yeah. you expect from Scream Factory. I just and th- this was the dilemma that I had after I watched it was I left I left watching it disappointed. Not oh, in not in the movie, because I love this movie. I love it to death. I will watch this every Christmas. I will recommend this to anyone, and literally anyone. You, If you have kids that are like kind of wanting to dip their toes into the horror genre, and they can handle a little bit more scarier scenes, this is great. Uh, I'm going to go a step further and say, this is a new generation's Gremlins. 25 I, years from now, 
people are going to be looking back on this movie going, this has the same impact that Gremlins did. I can see that happening. Um, I mean... Because it's a great Christmas movie that is invaded by a horror story, just like Gremlins. Yeah. So uh, what I was going to say is, as a matter of fact, tonight, while I'm recording this, uh, Jackie's letting... uh, Anthony's already seen the other cut, so this is his first watch of Naughty Cut. But we're letting Chloe watch it. She's 12. Um, But she plays those, like, um, Five Nights at Freddy games that have, like, the jump scares. Terrifying. And I'm like, you know what? There's nothing any different that's in this yeah. movie that's in the You get games. the same animatronic kills yeah. in this. Uh, so that's that. That's what we're going to... So we're going to leave it at that. Naughty Cut was disappointing if you've already seen the movie or own it and then you bought it. It was disappointing. Movie itself, not disappointing. Still, still love it. It's one it. of those... If you already own the Blu-ray, I, you don't really need to pick you this don't up. You don't need to. You don't need to spend... $35 on this because they didn't even no. release a digital version of this. It's strictly physical. Yeah. I, I even looked, I was like, maybe I get a digital code. Cause, uh, our buddy James just asked today how he can watch it. And you can only, uh, FX has it. So you have to have like the premium Hulu to watch okay. it through that. So I was like, I wonder if I have the digital. I never looked. No, I got no. 4k. And I think they did that Blu-ray and for a reason just to kind of keep the physical media alive. I have no problem with that. I still buy the DVDs. I still enjoy that. But so while we are, we, we, we set out to do this episode about the naughty cut that there it is. So uh, technically we could end the, end the conversation now, if you've all already seen it, because it didn't add anything. No. Yeah. I, it was a tad, tad darker in feel. Like there was this foreboding dread that I did kind of sense that was not in the first one. It's almost like they turned up the horror, turned down the comedy ever so slightly in this cut. Still not enough to run out and buy this separate copy. though. No, this is not an R rated movie by any means. No, no. but I'll tell you what, let, let's, let's just kind of get into why, why we love this movie. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's start having some, and I'm going to start, and we're not going to do a synopsis on this. We're not going to do a walkthrough, but I am going to start at the beginning because I have now come to love the way these movies have now been starting. This reminded me of like uh zombie land, how it starts with this big music. Oh, all it number. needed was like Metallica then at that point. Yes. <laughs> and this one starts out with like black Friday mall shopping, people running each other over. Like that's the horror. That's the yeah, horror. That's in this the movie real right horror. Uh, as someone that used to work retail, I absolutely despise Black Friday. I'm glad I never had to work it in a department store like Walmart or Home Depot or something like that. Yeah. But man, there is something about Black Friday shoppers that is absolutely ruthless. There was one time I had a kid puking in my store. It was like 8 p.m. And this kid's <laughs> clearly, he's like six years old. He's been out shopping with his parents for far too long. They probably have just stuffed him with food and candy to keep him going. And he just lets it all out on my sales floor. And I'm already just like upset because I've been there all damn day. And then on top of that, I have a woman as I'm watching this kid puke, like pulling on my shirt, like my sleeve. 
and going, excuse me, excuse me. I want this shirt that's up here. I want this shirt that's up here. Can you get that for me? I was like, yeah, um, I got to clean up the puke first because I don't want the whole store to smell like this. So it's going to be a minute. It's just like <laughs> that whole mentality that people have of me, me, me just drives me insane. So yeah. like watching this opening of people just like go at it. I'm like, ah, you're all garbage. <laughs> it, it really is. Uh, but I love I Man, I just love that whole opening, man. Oh, it's hysterical. Like, it's the picture perfect of, yep, this is after Thanksgiving, after we're all thankful for. Well, you know, <laughs> it also made me, like, be like, I'm in my 40s, so I'm I'm technically an adult, I guess, even though I still collect toys and talk about movies. Um, I, I, I connected with the characters in this. I connected with how we're trying so hard to hang on to that christmas spirit and you know replicate the christmases that we remembered as kids yeah i definitely feel for max and what he's wanting out of his family because even me personally as an adult that spirit's a little little gone for myself so yeah, uh, it's a i, I kind of miss having <laughs> grandma's homemade chicken and noodles i i miss having my uncle's laughter like once yeah. like family members start to pass away like the gatherings start to slow down and they just don't even happen. So yeah, it, it, it's, you know, it's, it's this thing of, you know, normally it was always passed down, you know, yeah. the next matriarch of the family takes over. Uh, but that was also when there was like, they had 14 kids, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Had, you know, stuff like that. But, uh, and I'm realizing now as an adult that even back in the eighties and nineties, how much traveling my parents probably had to do for holidays, how much stress there was to prepare us as kids. You talk about what you want for Christmas. You go through the Sears wish book, you circle everything you want and you wait till Christmas day to (laughs) open up everything. And that was it. You're done. You know, now I'm looking at it going, man, I'm not even done when it's done. You know, we live, we leave, the day after Christmas to go have Christmas in Ohio. Um, so it's like this whirlwind blur of, okay, we're done. And part two move. <laughs> Here Which we go. Is strange. Cause like me growing up, we never traveled out of state for Christmas that I can recall. Oh, so like either. when it was dealing with them talking about like the in-laws coming into the town, it's like, yeah, we definitely had that, but we never hosted either. We always went to grandma's or to my uncle's and because we have such a small house that I grew up in, like there's no way we could have fit 20 some people. It was the other places had a big ass dining room, a big ass living room, um, a heated garage that, you know, you throw like the kerosene heater in Mm -hmm. and the kids go in there and that's where they're going to run around and scream and stuff like that. So never had had to deal with the stress of that or. Yeah, we got we got shoved down into the basement. You know, yeah. like all the kids go down there and play, do all that stuff. Yeah, like that's where the Sega Genesis was hooked up in the Super Nintendo was the yeah. basement. And then like, yeah, like you traveling out of state up here to Ohio here soon. It's just like, man, like even your kids are like, but I got new toys and I'll get to play with them. You know, I, I've tried to make that argument and not that I don't mind going up, uh, but I try to make sure we come back in enough time that they can enjoy what they got for a day or two before they go right back to school. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, and it's fine. I'm not complaining. All I, all I'm, all I'm saying is I can appreciate 
what this movie's showing of a little bit of the dysfunction trying to put on a perfect Christmas, you know, trying, yeah, just trying to, to, especially with family that you don't see often. So you do kind of yeah. slowly not grow apart, but you're just, you're distant and trying to rekindle that. And like, it cracks me up when even Max is asking Adam Scott, who plays his dad, like, why we gotta love them if they're our family? He's like, all right, well, you got me there. <laughs> yeah, I always like when they hit him with logic. He's like, I can't answer that. Yeah, I don't have a good one for it. You know, he's such it, a great level-headed dad in this. I love Adam Scott. I mean, oh, since I've, I've seen amazing. him in like Parks and Rec and yep. you know the other stuff he's done, and then and again, I saw him in the trailer, and I'm like, is it a comedy? It's PG thirteen because it's got what him is and David Keckner. And you're like, all right, you got the dude from Anchorman in this. Like, what is the tone you're going for? And I remember just being like, this is going to be all over the place and it's not going to come across great. Right. But in hindsight, and then as we're talking, they did nail the comedy slash horror. It is a very light, comedic yeah. horror movie. Somehow they, they absolutely nailed the tone they were going for. It worked. I mean, it, like... Uh, Dave's character isn't quite Cousin Eddie from Christmas Vacation. But he's but definitely inspired he's by Cousin inspired. Eddie. I was waiting for it. Shitter's fool. Yeah. Just and, waiting but, for that. And I, and again, this is how it gets like, it like hits notes that I know now. Max is saying in his note to Santa, I wish my uncle and my aunt were a little bit better off. Well, as you watch the movie, you realize that they have like piss poor money management. You're thinking that they don't have a ton of money because they eat macaroni and cheese and hot dogs, which is fantastic. The, yeah, the, I love it. I, yeah. I'm not disparaging it. It's one of my favorite things. We grew up on it, Nate. We know. Yeah, but their, their Christmas presents are wrapped up in newspaper. But he drives a Hummer that's like fully loaded with a weapons rack that slides yeah. out the back. He's got, you know, a full on armory in the back <laughs> of it. So it's like, they're doing well. They've they're got just money. terrible they at just, money management. <laughs> they spend it on dumb shit on top um, of having what? Four kids. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You brought that up and that is going to be the one other thing I want to talk about with the naughty cut. So this naughty cut is supposed to be, the uncut version of this movie, correct? Correct. In the naughty cut, they cut out the part where they left the baby in the car when they were unloading. Well, they still mention it. No, it was not in my version. No, like I swear I could have noticed that they no, still mentioned it. Because I mentioned it to Jackie, and she's like, oh, that's right, because they make a big thing about it. Like, aren't you missing something? It literally cuts to uh, Max and Beth talking to uh the the boy cousin about dialysis it totally <laughs> missed leaving the baby in the humvee out in the cold and i'm like i thought this was uncut and that unless i got a weird copy i was pretty sure that because wow. i was paying attention i was like i want to see every cut because i'm sitting there going that was not in there that's that's been extended and see that's the thing like because i've only seen this movie once i was like well maybe it'll it'll stick out to me like the differences and then once i started to realize stuff wasn't sticking out, i was like ah shit <laughs> yeah and I, you know I, I was vindicated though because when i looked it up after the movie was over i was like oh there's like four minutes they added yeah literally four minutes but 
I'll quit. I'll quit harping on it. That yeah, I say we uh, we cut to commercial real quick because we do have a little Christmas gift to give to people. Yeah, so we're we're actually gonna have two commercial spots in this. We still got our network commercial, but this being our Christmas special for the horror show, and we will still have a Christmas special for the action show. We are doing a podcast network Christmas special, the Christmas extravaganza, if you will. And every show on the network, every show on the network. And we have been putting quite a bit of work into this. And uh, Sludge and I were able to put together a commercial slash trailer for, I can't say trailer because we don't have anything really that's in the show. It's a teaser. a little teaser, but, but more this of a is commercial. Your, your Christmas Eve gift that you get to open up early. Your one gift so, that you get before Christmas. Yeah, this episode is going to come out on Christmas Eve on every channel that's in the podcast network. We are all going to release it at once, so everyone benefits from it. Not just one show is going to benefit from the boost, but we're putting a lot of work into it. We hope everyone enjoys it when they hear it. But here is the first official Christmas extravaganza from Gimme Back My Podcast Network. Hey, this is Charlie. And this is Sludge. Join us this Christmas Eve as we crash dance quiet night and convince him to regale us with a special Christmas tale. That's right, Charlie. This Christmas, all of us at the Give Me Back My Podcast Network want to give all of you the best gift that we can think of. Featuring special Christmas episodes from Give Me Back My Action Movies, Give Me Back My Horror Movies, The Monster Movie Stomp Down, and Good Beer Bad Movie Night. So grab your eggnog or one of Pete's favorite frosty beverages and join us and Dan by the fire as we present... Give me back my podcast network's Christmas extravaganza. So two things I got to point out about this little commercial. One, Sludge wrote the Christmas music that's in the bed of that and recorded that himself. So when I say wrote, he, he, orchestrated composed there you go i don't do formed he formed (laughs) and performed all of the instruments on that and mixed it himself um the second thing and that now has made me realize that we have never not once mentioned that the give me back my horror movie theme song was written and performed by sludge as well yeah the dude's crazy talented it's not fair it's not fair, and he gets it done in, like, a couple of hours. Yeah, he's got a great work ethic as well, which is also not fair. I, I get emails at, like, almost 1 a.m. for me to check something out, and I'll do that, and I'll message him, and he's already back up answering what I just messaged him about. <laughs> um, he's got he's got his own little studio, and he does that stuff. I mean, he's, he's been, performed in bands. Um, he's super, super talented and we're happy to have him as part of the network. But, uh, we, I, I had this idea of, I wanted to do something similar to the Christmas specials we grew up with. You know, it was, you turn on network television and there would be the, the, the Christmas special that a lot of the people that had shows on that channel would participate in. And I was like, that would be kind of cool if we did that. So 
I'm not going to give away anything on what it actually is about and what it's going to contain, other than it's going to have all of us in it. Yeah, but, no spoilers. Uh, no spoilers, but I really hope everyone gives it a chance, listens, and hopefully we will turn this into an annual thing uh, as we wrap up our first year and roll into our second year. So uh, I guess real quick, let's just go ahead and play our normal commercial break so that everyone gets their due say, and we will be right back. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his times in the territories with PG-13 to his times in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major podcast formats. Welcome to the Monster Movie Stop Down where twice a month we review monster movies from all corners of the planet. Join me, Sludge. And I was, went to watch it the other night, and she's like, why are you watching this? You can quote this movie line for line. Like, that's very accurate. My co-host, Mark. Don't ask me to, to do a stomp down on this, because it's zero. <laughs> okay, dude. Ruben, what's your stomp down rate? And our brother from Texas, Ruben. It, it's just, I'm like, wait a minute, they tricked me into watching this. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I felt like. like. As we give you the history, our review, and the stomp-down rating of some of the best and worst monster movies around. Available through the Podbean app, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Amazon. Make sure and check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Welcome to Good Beer, Bad Movie Night, where each month we drink finely crafted brews while watching terrible films in order to see just how drunk you have to get to enjoy them. So tune in and join Troy. Killboy Kreitz. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> Dave. I have the weirdest boner. And Pete. IPAs are ales, meaning they are bottom fermented. Excuse me, they are top fermented. I f- that up. <laughs> Try that again. <laughs> As we drag Kathleen, Hear me. kicking and screaming through an alcohol-fueled podcast dedicated to movies of questionable quality and the frosty adult beverages that help make them tolerable. Good beer, bad movie night. Clearly, it's the beer's fault. awesome at our commercial break we really are i uh thanks to the good beer bad movie night guys pete and i met up and actually went to like their spot where they actually buy their beer and i was able to get some of that sullivan's which is what they featured on their grabbers episode that was it was episode. some delicious delicious irish red ale absolutely amazing yeah we're if you have not checked out Good Beer, Bad Movie Night, you're missing out because they pull some gems, and it, it ain't always a bad movie. So let, let me just put it to you guys like this. It ain't always a bad movie, and it ain't always a good beer. Um, but they did a movie called Grabbers, which is about these tentacle monsters that attack this, like, coastal little town. In and, Ireland. Yeah, in <laughs> Ireland, and to... 
to foil the monster, the townspeople have to get drunk. So talk about picking a movie that keeps them on brand. I was like, bravo. Uh, it was a great episode. So Yeah, oh, it was fantastic. And yeah, my Friday night ritual has turned into eating pizza, drinking beer, and playing Halo. So I'm just going off their suggestions at this point. There you go, man. There's nothing wrong with that. So, all right, man. Well, um, there's still a lot of good things we got to talk about this movie. And Let's get into what? all the fun stuff and how this movie just captures almost like a Hallmark Christmas movie in a way until this the terror is, comes. <laughs> this is like a alternate universe Hallmark movie. This is Yeah, this is all... a multiverse. Yeah, it's not all happy sunshine. Everything works out at the end. This is dirty, dark, actually how life actually is for most people. Oh, I love um, that. Our rundown of characters. You get the dad that's overworked. The yes. mom that's just trying to survive the holidays. You have the daughter that's only concerned about her boyfriend. You have the relatives who just straight up suck. Mm-hmm. You have the granny who is just German old happy that the family's there that's really what's what's mattering to her uh you have the house it's giant a classic christmas movie has to have a giant house that i cannot figure out how anyone can afford you have the son who is constantly getting into fights and causing trouble but he still believes in santa and the spirit of christmas and then you have our aunt who is just angry and now racist yeah you know what i'm ignoring the racist part i'm 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 going to revert back to regular PG-13 cut of the aunt, aunt uh, Beverly, I think is her name. Yeah, I do um, think this movie takes place in Ohio, and because Dorothy, like on Dorothy. the radio, oh, it talking does. about Franklin County and stuff. So I'm like, the houses they're probably in Grandview, if I had to guess, or they're in Upper Arlington. Yeah, Jackie pointed that out immediately because obviously Jackie's from Columbus, and they point out Delaware County and Franklin County. Yeah, when they so, point those out, I was like, "Oh, you're you're probably in Upper Arlington, maybe Powell, but you're definitely like you're in my neck of the woods." Yeah, I don't know if they're it, the house wasn't quite Worthington-ish. It's no, the, not the old money. It's more newer money. The new money, yeah, which is definitely Powell area. It, it really is, but um, yeah. Aunt Dorothy is still by far my favorite character in this movie. Uh, She's got a fantastic joke in the naughty cut, though, where the daughter's like, I need to get to my boyfriend. I need to. And that aunt's like, I didn't see my boyfriend for two years when he was in the war. (laughs) That was part of the racist thing, because she says who who he's out there killing. Oh, yes, it was. But my God, was it funny? (laughs) And it's my name. That's that's the <laughs> yeah. The that's the, the other problem. <laughs> is the racist term for that is my name. So um, yeah, but uh, uh, yeah. Honestly, there's really not a character I don't like in this movie because no, they were even so the relatives that suck. You grow to like them, like right out so the gate. Well They're, They're so well done. They're so well done. Yeah. Uh, I, all me. I love Omi, and Omi is our matriarch. Omi is the reason a lot of this is happening, we come to find out. She had a run-in with Krampus as a child, and we get a fantastic, again, throwback to the old Christmas specials of that stop-motion, almost puppetry. Yeah, like, and how they did this, I mean, 
I haven't got to that part on the Scream Factory extra features, but it's incredible. Like the stop motion, the animation to it all, and like it's a decently long segment too. So it really is. Um, the only thing that I can think of recently that did it is the new Candyman movie. Did uh, but theirs was all not CGI, like actual shadow puppets that they had yeah. like, handcrafted and made. This would be more in line with Hellboy and the Golden Army, where they did the where they talked about the elves and the oh, yeah. doing the pact, and that was all in this kind of stop motion CG puppetry. So it's not like they were actually like moving puppets an inch at a t- you know a millimeter yeah. at a time. This was CG'd, but in the style of stop motion. It's very whimsical. I love it and how. Everything she tells the story before we really are introduced to everything that's in the movie that's going to come up, and they're all in shadow. But when you see it, you know what it is, and when you see it in the movie, you're like, "Oh, that's what that's what I heard in the little stop motion, you know, cartoon." And I, I just love it. And really, I mean, it comes down to Krampus comes when there is no more Christmas spirit. Yeah, um, like Max straight up curses his family because he's like, I oh, don't he want does. Christmas anymore. This is stupid. He like he rips up his away, little letter yeah. to Santa and throws it into the air. And then the next morning happens and all the power's out. And that like snow that they used is incredible. You know, the way yeah. that that snow looks, it made me cold in my little room. It looks packed down yet still fluffy enough to be snow. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, like, it's overcoming you, too. Like, it's just overbearing. It's so well shot, so well laid out that that is the charm of this movie, is just watching this going, wow, this is so much effort to just set the tone and the mood of this. Yeah, and, like, that first introduction to Krampus is when... Um, the daughter is out there looking for a boyfriend, and like, which by the way, has... there's no parent on planet Earth that's going to send their daughter a couple blocks down the road <laughs> in a blizzard to no. go see her boyfriend. Yeah, I don't care how progressive you are. I don't care how oh, it's all will be fine. No, that yeah, the doesn't power was happen. out. <laughs> yeah, zero power. She's like, well, I can just see if maybe they have power. No. You can see there is no power out there. You know, it's no, shenanigans. I will nail. <laughs> I will say shenanigans on that part. Your teenage daughter's not going out in a blizzard to go hunt her boyfriend because she's worried. Yes. No, no. it's not going to happen. And you get that first Krampus appearance of him standing on a rooftop, and he is menacing looking. Dude. Like, it, and they like actually that. shot that, too. Like, that's not CGI of him being on the rooftop. No, um, it was... uh. Their their it's, set piece where he's standing up there. It reminded me of that scene in Signs, the like only scary part in Signs where they're scanning the rooftop and they yeah. see the alien, and it's just like the the blink of an eye kind of thing because she's scanning the horizon, and then all of a sudden it's just he's there, and it's like oh crap that dude's massive. Yeah, and he is quick and like what I love about this movie is he toys with this family almost 
Because they oh, do yeah. say like he can't get in as long as the fire is you know active in the uh, fireplace. Keep the fire so, hot. All right, yeah. So you got to keep the fire hot in order to keep these minions at bay because that's what Krampus has on his side right now. Yeah. So to, he's held back with the fire that Almi has constantly stoked in this movie. She's always doing that. The mom's even kind of like getting aggravated at her that she's wasting all the wood. But we realize she's doing it for a reason. She's keeping yeah. she's keeping Krampus at bay, but yeah. unbeknownst... <laughs> you keep the Black Knight at bay. Yeah. Unbeknownst to everyone, though, they let the critters into the house already in a big Santa sack that was delivered early on in the movie. And so there, there's these packages that we see that are burst open and we are introduced to, at first we get the gingerbread men and they run amok just like, dude, this is like straight throwback to like gremlins and critters and ghoulies. Yeah. They have like the high pitched little minion noises. Uh, they have bloodlust in their eyes and their gum bop and their gum drops. <laughs> oh yeah. It reminds me of, the commercial for the Ghostbusters Afterlife with the little Stay yeah, Puft Marshmallow it's Man. it's definitely what Ghostbusters Afterlife was doing now. Yeah, yeah, so you get these things, like, running around. You can hear them, like, in the walls, and the family gets separated for a little bit. So uh, the, the dad and the mom and the aunt go upstairs because the girls got uh, lured, I guess that's the word, lured to the attic. Um, by the critters, we find out, and the uncle is left downstairs with the shotgun. And yeah, the he's rest got of his family. shotgun, and these uh, gingerbread men start attacking him. Oh, in such fa- they and such they use a nail gun, blowing them away. <laughs> oh yeah, and look, look, that nail gun does not. I wish they would quit that in these movies. Yeah, Hollywood needs to realize a nail like gun that. does not work like an actual gun. It has to be yeah, pressed up against something. Yeah, there Clearly, are no one in Hollywood has ever used one before. <laughs> uh, that's exactly what it is. And that, Lord, the, the the nail gun to nail size was completely wrong, oh, too. Yeah, it, those, yeah. those, those big-ass nails, nails would never fit in that nail gun they used. And they shoot, like, <laughs> two inches through the butcher block cutting board he's using as a shield. Which like, I'm surprised no. he didn't aim for his fingers when he's holding that cutting board just to really wreck his world. Well, I, I'll give them this, though. There were three of them operating the thing, so That's Amy true. was not their, their forte. <laughs> they <were> just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're doing tiny ash, you know, just trying to, that, you know, hit the big target. It. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, what is that? Gulliver's Travels is what that's based off of, where yeah. the little people tie down the big dude. But, uh, yeah, so he's, like, fighting these things off with a shotgun. He blows up the lantern behind him, and you get, like, this war movie explosion yeah, you and get they're like saving sh- private gingerbread man where like they are on fire and they're screaming like no <laughs> you know <laughs> they're like missing a leg yeah. like, it, it reminds me of the gingerbread guy off shrek 2 when they got him and mongo they're uh, attacking the castle so yeah. I was like I'm, I'm loving the gingerbread men in and this. then you get the dog who ends up being the hero because one of the gingerbread the men dog. has a sharp ass candy cane that goes to stab the uncle in like the face, and then he just gets chomped up by the dog. Uh, Rosie, Rosie's probably like my third favorite character. Oh, she's you know what amazing. Rosie, you know what Rosie's actual name is? 
No. Thor. Thor. Awesome. Thor. The dog's name is Thor. And it <laughs> munches down. It's like one of its two hero moments in this movie. Because they send it through the ductwork like John McClane later on to uh, attack <laughs> one of the creatures. The yeah, my dog, Beefcake, would not be a hero whatsoever. <laughs> he would just I've be rolling Beefcake. around or going around in a circle at the gingerbread man. He wouldn't actually attack him. My dog's an idiot. He'd sniff it. <laughs> they yeah. Eat him. So while all this is going on, we've also got the three that went up into the attic to find the girls. And th- this is when the goodness happens in this movie. This is where the special effects come into play. They're this all is where practical Weta effects. Really went all out on their practical oh effects. Oh my god. So they go upstairs and that's where we find out like all these gifts that were delivered unknowingly, they all burst out of. So there's like a jack in the box like package. There's a uh, another like two or three packages floating around. And the, if they would have looked at the return to sender address that just said yeah. hell. They probably would have been there, like, oh, maybe we don't open these. Exactly. There was even like a cookie tin. So you're like, oh, that's where the gingerbread men were Keep hiding from. out. Yeah. They were inside there. So they go up and they they get to meet the first nasty gruesome that we get to see in this movie. And it's the Jack in the Box. Oh, eating he's one of the girls giant snake and he's got like just the legs are what's left and he just gulps yeah. it up his jaw completely unhinges and then like you see the body inside of uh like the kid's body inside the jack of the lantern so yeah. from there it's, it's just like a snake when after it eats a mouse you you still can see yeah. the lump of the mouse inside the snake um and it's got that creepy ass marionette marionette uh, I hate face that paint face. that clown <laughs> oh i hate it but th- th- now picture this when you we say jack in the box you're like well who's scared of a jack in the box okay this thing's like human sized it, it's like a dude in the suit and it is eating a like 14 year old girl yeah. so this thing is not with small. multiple layers of teeth oh rows of teeth slime and yeah. goo and everything coming off its mouth and so they're trying to fight that out of nowhere. This teddy bear from hell comes running behind them and it's got these razor sharp teeth and claws. Yeah. And I need down on build the a bear arm. to make this bear reality because that's the build a bear that I want is this the, evil demented, demented, a uh, bear. <laughs> I, I think you just need to make your own store, like do the alternative yeah. build a bear where you do all the messed up looking scary characters. You do all the alternative culture creatures. Yeah. So it's Alta Bear and you yeah. just go and you make <laughs> these weird you... like Christmas bear presents. And then on top of that, you also get it's Angel Porcelain Doll. Oh that... no, hold on. Wait a minute now. Wait, is she, yeah, she's next. That's right. I was getting ready to say, I don't want to talk about her yet. That one oh, terrifies me. You just me. don't want to talk about her in general. I hate, have to. I hate this one with a passion, but go ahead. I, I get it, because like, it's this creepy porcelain doll with angel wings that's kind of hanging out in the rafters, and like it comes bird. down and just starts biting the mom. And like, my grandma had a room just filled with porcelain dolls, and I hate those things so much. They are so damn creepy looking, and I don't understand the appeal to them at all. Dude, the way they filmed this whole segment is 
it's the scariest thing in the movie for me. It, it it's just it's almost like a like an Evil Deadish kind of feel to it. Like when the doll turns its head, like all of a sudden its eyes get as wide as anything you've seen. It's got like a carving in its forehead too. It's a symbol yeah, I don't it, recognize, it, it, it but it's gotta be so something weird looking. And it just it's like you you don't have time to process what you're looking at before it dive bombs the mom. And yeah. it's and it's screaming maniacally the whole time, like ah! I'm like, oh my god! Yeah, so, so they got this happening. They're trying to shoot at the jack of the box. They got the evil bear biting you. Like this whole attic. If anyone's ever been in an attic, there's not much room to fight. No, in there's in the there's beginning. not a lot of room. So this you ain't, have this, this ain't like pure witch chaos. Attic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we now get what I think is one of my favorite creatures is Stabby McRobot. Yes. And so this robot comes up behind the dad and has like this like chainsaw looking knife thing attached to its arm and just starts re, 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 yeah, right, right into, into his, his back. back. <laughs> and and like, us, go ahead. No, go ahead. These toys all of them remind me of Sid from Toy Story. Like if oh, he was an adult yeah. and kept making toys, this is what he would make. Well, see, I this this one in particular, and I guess even the angel, I had throwbacks to like Puppet Master this whole time. You know, just like I could see that robot one being like in a, in a more modern setting for Puppet Master. Yeah, definitely. And him and Blade and Torch running around causing a muck. And this little, like, <laughs> he looks like a little mini uh, robot from the Judge Dredd movie. You know, so yeah. th- I think that was, that's probably why I, I like liked him so much. And while that's happening, a stupid angel still attacking the mom. And she's like right in her face. And this tendril thin tongue comes uh. flying out of her mouth. And then they cut to a shot where the mom's head is sideways and the tongue is going in her flipping ear. Uh. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. We I do it. need to stop talking about all of our fears on our podcast Dude. because eventually someone's going to like lure me into a cornfield at night surrounded by spiders. You're going to be in a cornfield, but with clowns. Okay, like, no, look, no, no. I'm, I'm putting this for. out. I'm putting this out right now. If someone ever got the bright ass idea to go, you know what would be funny? Let's hire a clown to mess with Charlie. Um, you better have him sign a waiver. You better make sure he's got insurance because I'm messing the dude up. <laughs> Charlie's I throwing hands. Don't, I'm throwing <laughs> hands, feet, car. I don't care what I have. I'm messing this clown <laughs> up. And you know, it's gonna be like, he's just he's just doing this as a favor. He he goes and sees kids at the cancer ward on the weekend. Well, I say he's gonna have a bed next to him by the time I'm done. <laughs> I'm gonna have to let Jackie know we gotta cancel that uh Christmas gift idea we had yep. planned for you. Yep, yep. I I would. Or I will stake you in a cornfield. That's exactly what I'll do. <laughs> Charlie don't mess with clowns. I am not down with clowns. Clowns anything, getting impaled by a corn stalk. It, I, I'm not down with clowns, but I will say down with clowns. Yeah, That's and I'm hash- down with clowns. So yeah. hashtag other down way. with clowns. <laughs> clowns down. I don't care whatever iteration hashtag theme you want to get started. Um, I'm messing up a clown. We'll get it trending get once uh, this episode comes out. It's hashtag like those ones that everyone it can go either way. Everyone kept seeing them and talking about all these like 
spottings of clowns all over the nation. And I'm like, I bet I will run my car into one of them. See, every you, year you go to we mess throw up. a clown party. And no. when that year happened, no. we actually had to let the local police know, like, hey, this is a thing we do every year. Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, maybe we're maybe not don't part of those party. guys. That's not a kind of party you should be having. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, I'm I'm done talking about clowns. I think it's time. Now we've talked about the little minions, and, and we've briefly spoke about him. But let's talk about our big bad, our Krampus. Yes, this towering, they, menacing, oh fierce, demonic creature that is in this movie that they have really given a moderate update to Krampus. I love if you look everything. at the old love postcards it. of him. He's definitely scrawny. He's he's still tall, but he's yeah. not like um overbearing presence it, like he is in this re- movie. It reminds me of like a werewolf type picture, but with like hooves. You know, it it, it, it he's real thin like, you know, so you, you're thinking like the werewolf from like the Looney Tunes, you know, real thin kind of dude. Um, but this one, he is hulking. He is huge, but can move. Yeah, man, they they definitely. they did him right in this. And uh, like I, the way they filmed this was brilliant too. The first time that Max, the little boy, sees Krampus was like the first time they actually did filming. Yeah, for Max. So like his reaction of seeing Krampus was real. That was him on the first day of set of seeing this giant ass creepy Krampus. Oh, so you get brilliant. that like legit uh fear shot from his yeah. face. So not only is this thing like huge and menacing, what they did with this one is you don't really see his real face. He's wearing a mask of Santa Claus, but it's distorted and straight. It's, like it's almost it's almost like skin. Yeah. But you can see through the eye holes that they are recessed and there's goat eyes behind it. And then he has like the mouth that opens with all the teeth, and he's got a long ass tongue. Yeah, he's got like, like that the snake stupid tongue. angel. Yeah, like which angel. obviously the angel We're got talking from about him. him. Stop it! I don't <laughs> like the angel. But they, I mean, this thing, and then you never see his real face. They they keep referencing him as like the shadow of Santa Claus in this, and I love that. Yeah, because you know, like he has the holly like the jolly big and the opposite robe over him as well, like draped over him. Um, his yeah, horns have got to be what three feet each. Easily, they they yeah. do that curl back. Yeah, they do a nice ram curl. I mean, it's definitely goat esque. So you know, they took a lot of the older folklore stuff that you know you would see, like the wood carving art that they would have, because you always had that picture of like the Krampus that had like the the bundle of sticks. Yeah, he's and got like his the, basket that he's throwing the, the child in his bundle. Of yeah, stick, he like wax you because with. that's what Christmas was back in the day. That was if you don't behave, you're going to get carted off to hell. <laughs> you yeah, know, <laughs> I, I think you were telling me earlier that uh, it's possible that even Krampus predates. Saint yeah, Nicholas there's a really a big bit. chance that like Krampus was actually the first thing to happen. And then eventually they're like, we need a good version. So we, we well, need a Santa Claus. To me, so, that makes more sense. Like, uh, instead of terrifying the kids, let's just say if you're good, you get presents. You get something. Not because carried off to hell. To me, like, the way that humans were back in the day, you know, the river monster, 
there was no river monster. It was just, hey, kids, don't go over by the river because we don't want you to drown. But we'll tell yeah. you there's a river monster that's going to snag you up and eat you. Hey, don't uh, go in the woods because we don't want you to get lost in the middle of the night and never return home. This is just human survival. So instead, we're going to tell you that there's a giant woodland creature that will gobble you up. So yeah. don't go to the woods. That's kind of like, you know, the old the old sailors and stuff would go out and sail, but they wouldn't come back. So instead of saying don't go that way, it was, well, there's like an octopus down there that's going to eat you. Yeah. Don't go there. There's giant then, bird ladies that will sing to you and, you know, make you feel real good about harpies. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it says, so, just don't go right. Go left next time. Uh, we're, we're professionals. You don't need to Google check us or fact check us on any no, of this. No, this is all 100% accurate. Yeah, we're we're just like the History Channel. And you know, you, know what? you probably still shouldn't go to that lake because of that lake monster. No, no. Or, you know, the pollution that's been dumped in there. Either way. Well, that's I, Cleveland. That's, that, yeah, it is Cleveland. God, Cleveland sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry to anyone that lives in Cleveland that's listening. We're sorry to our Cleveland listeners. But hey, at least you're not Detroit. Also sorry to any of our Detroit listeners. We <laughs> at love least you're Robo not Cleveland. Cop. <laughs> We're just stuck in a vicious cycle <laughs> of Detroit to Cleveland. That's all. <laughs> Orlando's down there going, whoo, oh, dodge that yeah. bullet. <laughs> Florida man's got himself like, oh, we're good. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, so that's that's what Krampus is. So I guess now we can kind of talk a little bit about, as the movie wraps up, uh, Max kind of has his showdown with Krampus. You know, Krampus has pretty much taken out every member of the family systematically. Yeah, and Krampus um, has got all of his, like, army gathered up, including his elves, which all have, all like... All the elves. What do you want to say? Like, wooden mask almost? Uh, yeah, they all look like they're wearing, like, these carved masks. You yeah. Never, there, there's, like, there's no real... You know, I get... There's a there's a take on that. There's no real face. No. Uh, nothing nowhere i so mean who knows even, what exactly if these were once people or what what exactly they were supposed to be right. including his like reindeer which all have these ram heads that look incredible and they the, look like uh, miniaturized versions of the banthas from star wars yes except these are like high-fiving and head-butting and i'm just i'm sitting there like there needs to be a death metal band to this theme like they need to be dressed up like the elves and the giant horned goat yak dudes, which would be right up our alley. I'd, I'd I'd go I'd go to that concert, you know. And they're all like dancing around a literal portal to hell, yeah. Because they literally show where the ground opens up, and it's this pit of fire in Max's big stand down with Krampus. Yeah, because Max is like, I take it all back. Like you keep your damn bell. I don't want it. Like yeah. I so, just want my family back. I take everything back. So now, now's the fun part. Now's the part where we need to decide what what's the ending to this movie. I call it the total recall ending because it's so open ended. So I'm, I'm going to give you my interpretation of it. And yeah, you Nate, go first. You, you give me yours. So at the end of this movie, uh, right at this point, Max tells the Krampus he's sorry he made the wish. He's sorry for everything. And Krampus throws him down into the pit of fire. Yeah, he's like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Everyone's laughing. Well, instantly, Max wakes up. It's the next day. It's Christmas Day. 
it's super bright out, but there's almost like this ethereal glow. It's so like everything. white and like almost heavenly looking. Yeah. The way that so, it's shot. Yeah. It's, it's very dream esque. So he goes downstairs. Everyone's like uber happy, like way more happy than what we were seeing at the beginning of the movie before anything started happening. You know, they were a very dysfunctional family. So they're all sitting there, all being happy, and they start opening presents, and they hand Max a present, and he opens up the box lid, and there's the Krampus bell again. And when he pulls it out, everyone in the family stops and looks at him. And it's like they all have this pause of realization. And so my theory is, because it doesn't, it, it, what it does is it pans out from there, and they're all inside of a, a snow globe that Krampus is putting on top of a shelf. So my interpretation of that is they all are now like having this realization, like maybe they all had the same dream, like they're thinking to themselves until they realize, did we all just have the same experience at the same time? Because where are the odds of us all dreaming at the same exact time, the same nightmare? what's, What's the odds of all of us knowing what that bell represents? So you would think, okay, they all had this dream. So my interpretation of it is, you know, Krampus is putting him, putting them on the shelf is that he gave them a second chance and he's now watching them. That whole, you know, like he sees you when you're sleeping kind of stick because he's the reverse of Santa Claus. So maybe he's like literally watching you. But Nate, you have a different take on. Yeah, that. as I say, yours is much more optimistic than mine. Mine is they're just dead. Like they all died. <laughs> dead. They're, they're dead. dead. Yeah, they hate coming back. Um, he put them in the snow globe, and now he's there to watch them relive their nightmare over and over again. So my theory is, you know, they wake up, they have this Christmas morning, but it's going to repeat itself over and over again. It's going to Groundhog Day, essentially. So they're um, just going to relive that so yeah, I think hellish that's nightmare. What, but see, that's what throws me off. It's like, are they going to relive everything that led up to that? Or... Are they just going to relive that Christmas morning over and over? Well, they would relive all of that. They then they would think they get their Christmas that that nice moment, you know, of oh yeah. maybe we did all make it, and it's like nope, you know, pull the uh, rug and then from it just goes them, right and it's just right, right back. back into like the alarm goes off and all the power's out and the blizzard hit and then, like maybe there's like a sequel that you know would never be made that is of them on their thirtieth try like okay. Maybe this is how we get out of it. You oh, know, that they all start to become aware of it and just realizing there is no escaping this snow globe, you know? Well, and I, I can see why, and I, I can appreciate that the director doesn't give us a clear answer. He never will. It's, it's no, the he smart already way said he won't. It. Now, I, in my research, there is a graphic novel that takes off after this, and it does say that the happy ending is true that. Krampus gave them a second chance, but not all the family members adhered to what they learned. So some of them really do get killed off as the graphic. Oh, so that way Krampus off. can come back and then pick them off yeah. one by one. Yeah, you'll Krampus to the sequel. That's okay. You know? As long as we get more of that Jack in the Box, because that Jack in the Box needs more horror love. That, that's right. The thing is just so creepy, and you know we need to see more of him. I'll, I'll take the Jack in the Box and everything except the angel. Because you know Aunt Dorothy blew it away with the shotgun and shot it right yeah. into the wreath, so. and that's like our two ounces of blood in the entire naughty cut. 
Now, there is one thing that this movie also happened to do, which was unleashed to the horror community. Very, very low budget Krampus movie knockoffs. I remember the Walmart Krampus movie when this was getting... They always come out before this gets a big release. And they're all called Krampus. So they're banking on you buying the wrong one. Which Oh, yeah. You got a Christmas horror story, which features them. Mother Krampus. Mother Krampus 2, which I tried to get us to do for our Christmas special. Yeah, he he had a pretty good argument. Krampus Origins. That way it tricks you into thinking that this is an origin story, like a prequel to this movie. Whoa. Krampus the Devil Returns. That's the unofficial sequel, you would think. Uh, Krampus Unleashed. Krampus the Reckoning. Krampus the Christmas Devil. Like, <laughs> Those if all you've sound got like- a digital camera and a dude with a rubber suit or someone that just knows a little bit, and I mean the basic bare bones of CGI, you're making a Krampus movie now. All those titles just made me want to do a Krampus action movie where Krampus is actually an action hero and he's oh. all off. But he's, like, know, he's in his bag is like a he pulls it out and it's a pump action shotgun. It's pump action shotgun. And then all the little gingerbread dudes have Rambo bandanas strapped around. Yeah. Them. And then and there's a of... moment where he dives and he fires two Uzis at once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, we just wrote another movie. Uh, James Krampus. Bobby. His love dies. Yeah, it's James, like she dies in his hands. James and Bobby, I hope you're listening. We're, we're going to be writing this treatment. The movie ends on a cliffhanger of him realizing that he needs to pull in some help, and he knocks on the North Pole. He oh. goes up there because he needs his buddy that they oh. haven't seen each other in 2,000 years. The Krampus bells are little grenades. <laughs> The, 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 the gingerbread men have ammo belts, but it's gumdrops. Yeah, and I want to uh, see the little gingerbread men do, like, little tiny salutes. They shoot, like, bow and arrows Rambo style, but they're sharpened candy canes. And they got the can- icing the to sticks. put together, like, if their arm gets blown off or something like that. Yep. Uh, Pat, uh, what, what do you say? Trademark pending? Yeah, yeah. Trademark, no one, trademark no pending, sti- patent pending. Copyright, no copyright. One, no, no one steal this. No one steal this. <laughs> this we is don't too care. good. We don't care if you do. We don't know if we have the budget for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've already gone way over budget. Because this is blo- being filmed on location. We go into the North Pole, baby. Yep. Yep. We want real polar bears. And we're, we're going to even fly in penguins to confuse everyone where we actually film. And these penguins are going to be exactly like the penguins from Batman Returns. I'm in. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sold. Can we get Michael Keaton? I think we can. I think we can. I, I know we can get Bruce Willis. We can easily get Bruce Willis in it. Bruce and he Willis will, will do anything. Yeah. yeah. He won't act like he's having fun, and he'll just be a wet napkin but he'll be there we'll go the machete route so he'll get to be santa at the end so it just cuts to him real quick and it's bruce willis in the santa coat and then we don't get him for the sequel because he demands too much money yeah so we switch who the (laughs) character is going to be like in machete uh the the kills again and we change out the villain and then how they're going to do Machete goes into space. Please, Robert Rodriguez, do that movie. Yeah, yes, please, uh, please, please, please. And they switch out Mel Gibson for Leonardo DiCaprio. And then at the bottom, it's a disclaimer that says uh, actor may change before movie releases or something <laughs> like that. So, 
Okay, we've now wrote a whole nother movie, so technically this is now a double feature. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, well, Bubba, I, I think we've done the movie some justice here. Um, I think uh, let's let's do the uh, the raining blood. Let's talk about the body let's get count. Get to it. It's Christmas, damn it. I'm playing the bells. The bells are going to keep on coming in throughout December. <laughs> That's it, man. That's my favorite drop right now. So, our reigning blood body count has an asterisk. Everyone knows Charlie loves his asterisks when it comes to body counts. Um, the official body count is 21. That's creeping up into some action movie level um, body it was counts. way higher than I anticipated, but... They then also you told me the asterisks. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> well, okay, so there's two asterisks. Uh, the one asterisk is they count the gingerbread men and the teddy bear and everything that got blown away by the shotgun. I guess and, they're real, so yes. <laughs> yeah, all right, hey, goo came out of them, so they dead now. Aunt Dorothy saw to it. Um, so, yeah, with the entire family, a few, like there's the delivery men that we saw froze to death in his car in the dhl vehicle um there are 21 now the second asterisk is if we believe my theory no one dies no one dies at all because everything got reset yeah there was so there was no blizzard you on what this yeah. body count this so is either, choose your own body count adventure it is you know, speaking of which, my kids played that uh, Undertaker Choose Your Own Adventure on Netflix. The I got other like day. five minutes into it. I was like, "Oh, I'm don't get to play as the Undertaker." <laughs> no, you're you're the you're new, new day, day. <laughs> which I was having a blast doing. And so my kids don't watch wrestling, so they're just like, "Who are these old people running around?" <laughs> I'm sitting there going, "Oh, it's Paul Bear." Oh, yeah. it's Undertaker. And then I'm like naming off the new day and they're looking at me like, really, Dad? And I I, I made them finish it because I wanted to see the Because you want to see if you could get all three keys or whatever. Yeah. I I, I we we beat the Undertaker. Um maybe Good for you. He comes back at the end. But uh sequel. <laughs> so yeah, they they're they're trying that whole choose your own adventure things now on streaming and it was it was fun. If you're into wrestling, it was fun. So the Black Mirror movie did a really good job of it. Um, I didn't do that one yet. I it's really that. good. I, I highly recommend doing it. Oh, that's cool, man. That is cool. Uh, you want to rate this movie? Yeah, I think it's your turn to go first. Okay. Well, hold on. We got a player drop. Guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back. Whew. Playing my bells. Can we get a Christmas theme, Jason? Now as well. Ooh, hey, no, we can't give him any more. We movie can't ideas. give. We can't give him too many no movie more, ideas. Too no, many movie we're ideas. Giving, we're giving our way we'll, our, our movie we'll take ideas. Take our money. Stop that. We're 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 writing that. Uh, let's see. Charlie's machete rating for Krampus, not the naughty cut. I'm just gonna rate Krampus. It's an eight point five. Uh there's nothing I don't like about this movie. I could, an argument could be made for a nine or higher. 
had the naughty cut actually given me what I was anticipating, which would have been a darker theme, gore, and a bit more horror, while leaving everything else alone. I got to put that on there. I still want the dark comedy, but I want it darker and I want to see some blood. You know, I would have loved to seen like someone's arm get ripped off or lose some fingers in a certain movie. Me and Nate watched that you'll hear about later. You will um, be. Yep. Yep. Finger di- digit removal. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I really, I highly recommend this movie. It's it we've we've watched it every Christmas since we've started since we found the movie. It's an eight point five, hundred percent. So what's funny is I want to echo you. My rating as well is echo. an eight point five machetes Ooh, out of echo, ten. Echo, echo. Um no, I, I totally agree. Um I even put it in my notes that this will become a yearly watch now because this is yeah. the first time I've seen it in three years, and like I truly love this movie. Like I see it as an instant classic. I see it as something that we're going to be talking about 20 years from now. Um, oh, it I agree. has that spirit to it. It really does. The set designs are great. It feels like winter when watching this. Like I was getting my blankets out while watching it. Like, Oh, suddenly it's cold in here. And it really wasn't. But like, man, this the movie is enjoyable. Adam Scott is hysterical. David Koechner is hysterical. It's the, the- funny to see. Tony Collette in this movie before she did Hereditary. So like this yeah. is kind of like her first like horror movie. Um not Adam Scott's first horror movie though. He was in Hellraiser 4. He was in Hellraiser 4. <laughs> um so Ben Wyatt and his love for Calzones was in Hellraiser 4, which cracks me up so much. I watched I bought the the five is there five? Yeah. There's like five a Hell- sixth one, isn't there? I think there is, but I think this one I bought from Walmart was like the five movie combo pack. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to watch all the Hellraisers. And I got to the part where it's Adam Scott and I'm like, holy shit, that's young Adam Scott in a Hellraiser movie. Like one of his first. Oh, I think it's like definitely one of his earlier. Yeah. Earlier films. And uh, hysterical because he's like best friends with Paul Rudd. And one of Paul Rudd's early films was. Halloween six. Yep. Yep. So one day we'll do a deep dive into all these uh big time actors that are in lesser known films that I think that would talk. be fun because you know, Dan and I ran into that on the next of Ken episode where we found out that um oh Ben Stiller was the young son to the mafia boss. So this was so like weird. way before his his skyrocket into the com- being a comedian and stuff. He was in this just throwaway, you know, action movie back in the eighties. I was like, that's kind of wild. And I wasn't expecting seeing him in it either. You know, it's like, I hadn't seen yeah. it since early, you know, nineties. And I was like, Holy crap. It's Ben Stiller in an action movie. <laughs> that's not Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I owe everyone an apology now. I have come to find out the last couple of episodes, I have not done any housekeeping for the show. I have not thanked anyone. I have not done anything but stopped the episode. <laughs> oh, we're supposed to thank people. I thought that was just something that we were just, you know, glazing over like a ham. 
Oh, uh, glazed ham. <laughs> Love glazed ham. No, I. You go first, I, and I'll go. Let's do that. <laughs> well, I, I, we do. Well, let's. We're gonna do some thank yous, and I promised Nate a Christmas present. So, as we do our closing outro oh. here, yeah. See, Charlie is prepared, and I wanted you to be surprised. We want to do like what Dan does on the on the action show is we want to do our thank yous to everyone that's part of the podcast network uh, especially uh, Good Beer Bad Movie Night Pete and everyone over there Troy and Dave and Kathleen we're going to say all your names it's not just Pete there's a whole crew Sludge over at Monster Movie Stomp Down with Mark and Ruben as well everyone is part of this network it's not just one person out of a show. Um, want to say thank you again to James and Bobby from over at Poster Smash for sitting in with me and Nate. And I'll, I'll say it here. Hopefully we keep breaking this record, but it was our top downloaded episode of the year was our Witch House interview that they sat down with us. Absolutely and incredible. If you we haven't. First yeah. day record. I think the week record. <laughs> Yeah, and it keeps trickling in. Um, so a huge thank you and shout out. And go check out their Instagram, Poster Smash. They are getting the the creative juices flowing again, and we should start seeing some new smashes. Uh, we've sent a few ideas over to them. So we'll see how, what they come up with from uh, our warped brains. Huge thank you to Mountain Empire Comics in Bristol, Tennessee, and Johnson City, Tennessee. Rob and Diane run those. We will be featured at their annual convention this year, RobCon. Um, so you will hopefully, you will definitely get to come out and see me and Sludge. We're maybe trying to work on getting everyone down there. Kind of make it a nice little uh, event to get the podcast group together in one spot so if you're a local fan or if you want to travel you can come on down to tennessee and virginia and say hey uh Get some nate, moonshine you got, on your travels yeah nate you got anyone you want to thank anything uh, anything going on we may have glazed over the past couple episodes thank you to any new listener especially as this show continues to grow i mean we're still very young in the horror podcast world Old compared but to the young. action one um yes so thank you for, you know, sticking around. Thank you for checking out older episodes. Hopefully you're noticing that, you know, we're still finding our voice. Uh, I want to thank the Magical Druid out here in Columbus for always throwing the Krampus Walk each year here in Columbus. It's amazing. It truly is. Like, it gives me goosebumps every year when we do it because it's all about taking away the negative energy from the entire year and entering the new year with uh, positive vibes and I'm all about that positive mental attitude so that is fantastic uh, I want to thank the Krampus Market they always hold like uh, local vendors for arts artists and just anyone that's selling their shit like and it's all based around Krampus not the vendors themselves but there are but it's amazing um, always support local artists if you can I definitely got some Christmas gifts from them I'd rather do that oh. than buy everything from Amazon if possible. Um, yeah, well, maybe yeah, we that's what I've out. got today. 
Maybe we should reach out to him next year. Maybe he'll promote all this around there locally. And uh, We should. Get I've involved. got some others that I'll probably think that I have actually bought from, but I don't have their business cards in front of me. So no, that's fine. I will make sure that they get tagged in Instagram and all that fun stuff because these people deserve shout outs for their hard work as well. And uh, one more before we forget, or, uh, two more, but it's the same thing. We're going to shout out to Chelsea Lowe and Creepo Rama. I do believe Nate's got a shirt coming here pretty soon. I am. My From Beyond shirt, I think, shipped this week. And yeah, they, then got, they got their big shipments in, so hopefully you I got my it. The Thing shirt that looks incredible. I almost bought the blanket. They got those, like, fleece blankets. And they had a I, Dead Alive blanket that I was eyeballing very yeah. hard. Um, I was I was looking, but, you know, the... This time of year, I allocate funds for other people other than myself, even yep. though I I pre-ordered it, but I did get my Ed 209 the other day. So if you're in the group, uh, y'all got to see my uh, Ed 209 scale model that has a button you push and he talks. I love him so much. That's glorious. I knew I should have pre-ordered that one. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I, I pre-ordered that thing like seven months ago, so it doesn't count for Christmas. Well, uh, we have done our housekeeping, so uh, the other other thing I'll say is if you want to reach out to us, come over to the Facebook page, the Facebook group, Give Me Back My Action Movies, Facebook group, Give Me Back My Horror Movies. Uh, We now have Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. We made our announcement on the Condemned episode. Jimmy and Dan will be starting that show here shortly. Yeah, and check out Jimmy's other show, Live and in Color with Woofy D., uh, where Wolfie D talks to other pro wrestlers. I mean, he had Al Snow on there recently. Uh, oh yeah, Bushwhacker Luke. Like they're they're doing great. It's a fun show to listen to. I don't know much about wrestling these days, but it's definitely cool to see the insight of how this all works. Yeah, how these guys you know train, what they're putting their bodies through, and just the business deals that go with it. Like it's really cool. And if you haven't checked it out, check out the last episode with us doing The Condemned where we had Jimmy on. We dig into that a little bit. We do get into some of the wrestling talk on that because we did, you know, Stone Cold's The Condemned. So Yeah, you get a real good sneak peek of what he and Dan will be talking about. And I really hope if you're listening to the horror, hopefully you sneak over and check out some action ones in there. And it looks like by the numbers people are, and we are super appreciative of it uh we are also on instagram the same give me back my action movies give me back my horror movies i'm still trying to kick nate in the ass to get on a couple of other social media sites one day i'll make the tiktok uh one follow me on instagram at dr decky just pictures of my cats they're cute cats they are they are i follow i follow him on instagram so you should too all right bubba we are we are officially done with our Christmas episode. I love it. It's very Christmassy. I'm playing. It is again. Merry Christmas, care. Happy Holidays. Celebrate whatever the hell you want to celebrate. I don't give a damn. That's it, man. Well, why don't you get us out of here on a very Christmassy word? Groovy. Hail to the king, baby.
very much.